Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special bonus episode of Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where every week we discuss what's going on in the world of Thor. And today on this bonus episode, we are talking about really what's going on in the wider world of comics. Recently, uh, legendary comic book creator Neil Adams passed away at the age of 80, and he is most well known for really redefining Batman over in DC Comics, but he did have a stint at Marvel. And a part of this Marvel stint he had in the early 70s was a small, very transitional, very brief run drawing Thor. And so today we're going to talk about two issues of Thor that Neil Adams drew in the early 70s, really as our tribute to an awesome creator and someone who really fought to make sure that creators got their creations back. And so for this small little chat we're going to do here on the bonus episode, I have brought back a, a stalwart of the Across the Bifrost family. Eric Bennett is back to talk about these two issues of Thor. Welcome back, Eric. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. So today, both of you, you and I, we discussed this the other day, the two issues that Neil Adams drew uh, and kind of their their significance, how they are their significant transition point in the history of Thor, because we're, we're recently we're celebrating, you know, the 750th issue of Thor. This year is the 60th anniversary of Thor. So a lot of history is being you know referred to when Thor comes up in comic book conversations right now. And one thing I kind of went back and looked at with these two issues that Neil Adams drew was where they land in the overall scheme of Thor creators. And here's the significant point that these ones fall at. The last issue that Jack Kirby drew of Thor ever was 179. Neil Adams, the only two he drew were 180 and 181. Starting with 182, another great Thor uh, artist, John Buscema would start and he would go for another like hundred or so issues. Jack Kirby had done the previous hundred or so issues with very few breaks. I believe Don Heck drew an issue way back when, but like for the most part, Jack drew him for the first 100 issues. Neil had two. And then John Buscema drew him for the next hundred or so issues. So very small transition point. Um, but we're going to look into these two issues and kind of just highlight what it was like when Neil Adams drew Thor. So uh, real briefly, here we go. The, the storyline that we jump into here is something that Jack had started with the fall of Asgard. Loki finally gets what he wants. He finally is able to usurp. Uh, Odin and all the gods of Asgard and become king and through some hijinks a body swap happens like it's a classic <laughs> trope it's like no good like sitcom movie franchise comic book like you can't go long without a body swap right Eric like it's no, absolutely it's 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 narrative it's a narrative expectation at some point that you'll do a body swap <laughs> you've got to get your freaky friday on somewhere right right uh, so in this body swap comedy <laughs> this it's play it's played for dramatic effect but like there's a lot of it that's straight comedy uh loki and thor switch bodies and at the beginning of 180 
they are like Thor's up to no Thor. The body of Thor is up to no good because Loki is kind of, uh, he's left at the wheel and he's destroying things in New York and nothing's going well. And no one believes Thor who is in the body of Loki. Are you with me so far listeners? I am. Let's just stay on the same page. Uh, Loki (laughs) is then banished to hell because Odin, Odin's not buying it and uh and loki goes to hell and of course when you go to hell in the marvel universe you run into uh who else mephisto i did i did find it weird that he banishes him to hades and not like niflheim or hell like asgard the the world tree has its own versions of hell why did he get sent to hades that seemed kind of it wasn't punishment enough to send him to niflheim oh no we gotta send him to and not just hell hades yeah so it's like okay are, are we crossing into the olympian realm again or, right you know, i mean you know. <laughs> he what you did was so bad thor slash loki that you had to go to a different pantheon's afterlife exactly. <laughs> like, it was that bad and the, <laughs> then in the in the second issue uh, in 181 we see the the warriors three go and try to rescue loki aka thor from hell they release him because Mephisto just at one point gets annoyed enough to, 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 to let them go. His, uh, well, correction, Thor's goodness, his pureness, yes, yes, his pureness of, of heart. Spirit. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> Mephisto releases them and then Thor um, in the body of Loki, he goes to confront his brother who has been roughing up Balder for two issues now. Mm-hmm. Balder's just taken one for the team up there in Midgard. And uh, they, they, they do the, the re-body swapping and uh, Thor is able to win the day as we uh, we did not think was in doubt. But um, before we jump into the art, Eric, this story, I mean, come on. The, the story is silly. It's it's crazy. It's wild. Um, it's absolutely wild. But there's, I mean, there's some great moments in it. Yeah. Um, like, like uh, the one thing that I, that I showed you in my notes that are sort of relevant to things yeah. that have been happening in Thor recently is... So it's Loki's mind controlling Thor's body. Yes. And yet he is able to wield Mjolnir. So it's like he's even fooled the hammer. Because, yeah, you know, he's, he's throwing it and he's got full command of Mjolnir's power. And it's like, oh, okay, no, this is the boss. So, okay. <laughs> it's they're, they're, that, that, you know, like, who does the hammer truly belong to? And is it like, does it belong to the spirit of the person or does it belong to the body of the person? Exactly. That, like they had a lot, they played with that a lot in just these two issues. Uh, so that was fun, but also a little confusing, a little convenient. Yeah. And, and Thor in Loki's body, all of a sudden Thor just has this sort of intuitive command of Loki's magical powers. Right. It's like, <laughs> okay is it just okay i'm gonna point my hand that way and oh hey look there's an energy blast i guess that's all that it does to make it work right it's like thor took no sorcery classes he doesn't know any spells but then at one point he's just like you know what there's probably some magic left in the tank (laughs) you know i think i could probably conjure (laughs) something up uh it's just one of those convenient little storytelling elements that it's 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 the you know the the the, the Stanley like get out of hell free card. Exactly. It's like 
Well, how did he get out of hell? He was just too good to stay there. <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun little story. Actually, I, I believe uh, according to an article I read on uh, Marvel.com talking about the last issues of Thor that Jack Kirby drew, uh, Jack was supposed to like, and he he had this whole view of how this story was going to end. And that's not uncommon to hear when you're like, oh, Jack Kirby didn't get to finish blank. I'll bet he had a vision for blank. Well, the, the man had a vision for everything. So, right. uh, you know, there's probably a version of this that played out in Jack Kirby's mind that was different. Um, but the story that we got was a fun story. Like, And then after this story, a whole new era of Thor begins. So- I love, I love Grishima's art. So yeah. Good. I mean, it's, 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 so what's really crazy about this is, and you're kind of zeroing in on Neil Adams here for a minute, um, just to pay tribute and respect to him as, as a creator, you go from Kirby, who is, you know, lauded as a genius, like not just as an an artist, but as a thinker, like a, a genius, brilliant man who brought concepts to life that who, who else could have brought his mind to life, but him. And you have, John Buscema, who was, there probably isn't a character in Marvel that he didn't draw. Like he was like, when it came to the seventies, like he was the guy. Um, And his run on Thor was not really paralleled until Simonson came along. And there was a long period in there where you have, you know, just a revolving door of artists trying to essentially do impressions of, of Jack and John. That's what they're trying to do for the longest time. And then Simonson, of course, comes out and he, he, he literally breaks the mold on the first issue. But these two issues of Neil Adams, we talked about this a little bit, how they feel like transitions and they're very, they're very different. Like if you read a Jack Kirby drawn Thor comic and then you flip to Neil Adams, it does feel different. And I'm just curious, like Eric, why was it different for you? And then I'll kind of add my two cents um, if I feel it's necessary. Well, Jack's art is is always so big and so dynamic. Yeah. You know, everything's really strong, really in your face. And Neil Adams' art is, for lack of a better term, it's it's softer. Yeah. It, do, it's, it doesn't lack any of the same kind of power. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jack's art is, I mean, I, I, I'm, I think angular is the word that's in my head, but that's not yeah. fully no, I what get I mean. And then Neil's, you know, his lines are curved. His features are soft. There's more shading. The art is more fluid. The body language is more fluid. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, that's... I, I think with Jack, because I, because I, I went back and I looked at when I, I when I asked you to to do this at the eleventh hour, I, I looked back at a few issues of Jack right before he was done, and the term that came to mind for me it was very blocky, it was very it was very big and very broad. Whereas you look yes. at his his forms were big and broad, even like how he draws the female figure, it was a lot broader. Um, and I don't mean that in like like fat or large or anything like that it's just very powerful very sturdy drawings of Mm -hmm. male and female form and even like the monsters very sturdy and blocky but then neil like you were saying it's softer it's very it's very uh slender and i i loved how he drew 
Thor specifically, but also there's two other characters in here that he draws really well and were very striking to me. The way he draws Odin is like very good. There's a, in, uh, in issue 180, there's a full page, uh, full page panel of Odin. And it is who it is like poster good. It like fourth page into the story. Yeah. Yes. And the detail in his face, um, he doesn't look like a cartoon. He looks like a real man, like that. He's, you know, just drawing very realistic. Like here's how I would describe like Neil Adams style. It's very realistic, but it doesn't lose like it has, it still feels very moving. It still very, very active and dynamic. I really like, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy his style. And that's when the other character that he draws is Mephisto. I loved, I mean, I probably sent you three different messages about how much I loved how he drew Mephisto. He's very, very, uh, he looks sinister, but he also looks very uh, like haunting as he's moving and the way he uses shading, like you were saying, like the way he uses shading on Mephisto and Hades as a realm, very good. And I told you this uh, just a little while ago that I really wonder what a Neil Adams Thor run would have looked like. An extended run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you would have given this man um, who, like, wasn't a mainstay yet, like, he hadn't he hadn't redefined Batman yet. He hadn't, you know, modernized, uh, you know, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern stories. He hadn't done those things yet. So I can understand if you have, you know, someone like John Buscema on your staff, like well i'm sorry man like we're gonna give it to him because he's proven and you know uh already established but if you'd have given a a young neil adams like a year two years on a thor book i wonder how like beautiful that would have been and uh maybe maybe the redefinition that batman got maybe that would have been given to thor i don't know maybe we would have gotten that shake up uh, a little bit earlier but uh, i really enjoyed these comics and um i think if, you, if you're like right now if if it's kind of hitting you like if you're a neil adams fan or you're just a fan of weird moments in comic history go check these out they're they're a lot of fun they're a lot of fun and and of course there's great art in here really recommend that fourth page odin odin uh, uh full page it's fantastic oh, absolutely Eric, did you have anything else for uh, listeners on this just really brief snippet episode um, that maybe maybe about maybe about Neil uh, himself or uh, the comics that we read for this short little bonus episode? Well, going back to Mephisto again, uh, Neil Adams, you can look at at the way he drew him and he makes Mephisto almost, which he should be, he makes him almost inhuman. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, a, like gargoyle-like. Right. Like there's yes. a there's a two page spread where Mephisto is sort of crouched on his throne and he's got his cloak in front of him and he's like snarling at Loki yeah. that has showed up in his realm and, and he looks like he looks like a beast more than a than an intelligent being. Yeah. And in the way that Neil draws him, you can absolutely see the way that John Buscema is famous for drawing him too. So the yeah. two of them either compared notes and did it the same or they were i I don't know but the the character echoes between the two of them really well yeah Um, there's yeah there's definitely panels where you can see jack's influence and then you can see john's influence that's why i think it's such a cool transition point yeah as far as the the story itself goes just two 
and you saw my notes again. <laughs> Two really funny things that get me is once oh. again, as we as we talked about in an earlier issue, Odin is going on about oh the power of the Odin scepter, and again with the Odin scepter, okay. <laughs> we've established that it's not the scepter, it's you. But here he is again, the power of mind, scepter supreme, and all that. And then whenever uh, Thor, yeah, say Thor's body is battling. Uh, Sif Balder uses he, he uses his sword yes. to turn Sif into a ghost and send her back to Asgard. The best. I don't think that was ever used again because in the future <laughs> the only time Balder ever turns people to ghosts with his sword is when he kills them. <laughs> <You know>? Right? He <laughs> just like that, that power just gets pulled out of nowhere. And then stuffed right back in the bag and never used again. It's the best. Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. Those convenient powers that we get to get people out of situations. Um, I just almost wonder, like, if there was some time, type of a challenge in the silver and bronze age. Be like, okay, I'm going to write them into this situation. And then the next issue, we're just going to poof, get them out of there. It'd be, you know, we'll just figure out a way. We'll make up a way. Um but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. These issues uh, go back. If you're feeling a little nostalgic right now and you want some Neil Adams store, well, here's the only, here's the only two you're going to get, um, you know, go back, read these. And um, yeah, just uh, this is our little quick tribute to um, a man that did, you know, draw some amazing comics. He created fantastic characters. And uh, I think more, even like outside of a physical comic book, he probably his biggest contribution to the comic book world as a whole was fighting for creator rights, uh, exactly. specifically, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who, uh, who were the creators of Superman, um, you know, who didn't really at the time didn't like have a dime off of Superman uh, before they were able to get, you know, get their creation back to a degree. Um, I know Jack Kirby uh, was fighting to get his pages back from Marvel uh, later on have you ever uh, read the, le the letter that neil sent telling Marvel, I, hey give jack back his art i i am looking forward to reading it i was going to read it before we recorded but I, I i i wasn't able to get it in before this i will read it and uh i will definitely uh share some thoughts on later on later episodes is it pretty good it is good <laughs> so it, it's it's not real long but it's very to the point <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we just uh I thought this would be a, a timely uh, bonus episode. And I want to thank Eric for jumping on here with me. Eric, is there anything you want to tell listeners to check out? Uh, that well, you um, if, if people are interested, uh, we're in the final 24 hours of the uh, Rise of the G-Men uh, Kickstarter campaign. That's uh, five comic books uh, by Rick Offenberger, Jim Burroughs, and myself, uh, including my own Tyrannus, the Thunderlord. I am uh, a backer and I am excited to get that in my hands. <laughs> I'm really happy. I, I'm, I'm flattered. Thank you. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's 24 hours left to get on board to that. And these are without a doubt, the best books that we've produced so far. So yeah. I, I hope everybody enjoys them. Everybody. If you're listening to this uh, before, uh, let's see, if you're listening to this before the end of, uh, of the weekend that this is dropping, if you're listening to this before, uh, the end of uh, the end of a Sunday, the first, uh, yeah, go, go check the Kickstarter out, 
lots of great books and be sure no matter what you get on that kickstarter be sure you get tyrannus the thunder lord number one by our very own guest today eric bennett um i am very excited for that to come to me in the mail and to flip through it and then send it off to get an autographed copy someday fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed uh so everybody go check out uh, eric on uh on, on instagram you can find him at steel wolf official and then is it the same on facebook as well eric no i'm i'm under i'm under my name on facebook eric and bennett but i do have pages both for tyrannus and a page for steel wolf awesome so. awesome so go check all those out Go support them on the Kickstarter. It would be an awesome use of your funds to support some great creators who are pumping out great books. I mean, according to Eric, they're the best they've ever done. So you definitely want to hop aboard that. You can also check out the show, this show at uh, Mighty Thor Podcast, and you can check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, do all the do all the things there. Do the rating and the subscribing. And, uh, and yeah, leave us a review. That'd be awesome. We would love to hear what you are doing right now and what you're, how you're remembering Neil Adams. That would be a great way to use your, your time. And everybody, until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I encourage you, dear listener, to stay worthy.